and face the barren waste without the taste of water, cool water. Dan and I with throats parched dry and souls that cry for water, Thank you. 
to IOU Radio live at 89.9 FM, broadcasting live in the Owens Valley and on the internet at our ioradio.org. This is a Metabolic Studio production. We bring you tonight our radio play, You Are There, The Water Picnic. IOU, IOU Theatre broadcasts monthly from Owens Lake Begone at the historic Double L Saloon on Main Street in Lone Pine, California. For over 100 years now, Owens Valley Water and Silver has been mined to make the city of Los Angeles grow. From LA to the Owens Valley, we know we owe you, and IOU Radio now joins our commitment to honor that debt. Since 2009, Metabolic Studio has programmed space donated to us by the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power. We call this the IOU Garden. Over the years, it has featured the IOU Garden and Resource Center. We've distributed soil, IOU dirt bags, and bread, Owens Dry Lake bread, and held 100 conversations about water during a year-long commemoration of the centenary of the opening of the Los Angeles Aqueduct. Tonight, we open our second season with the original work written by Chris Langley for IOU Radio, You Are There, The Water Picnic, featuring the talents of... This is Catherine Kravitz, and I'll be reading Rachel Maddow, Sarah Billingsley, and Mrs. Harry Gasglock. I'm Jim Shawcross. I will be as Walter Cronkite, William Mulholland, and Harry Glasscock. I'm Ann Sturm, reading the part of Nancy Grace. I'm Jeannie Smith. I'm reading the part of... I can't remember. Chuck Huntley and somebody said George Hopkins Sr. Sorry about that. I'm Deborah Levin, reading the roles of Jess Hessian and Deb Murphy. Judith Greenbrook, reading the roles of Leslie Stahl and Elsie Hall. I'm Mary Winchester, reading the roles of Asa Keys, Emily Billingsley, and the Lone Pine Teacher. I'm John Klusmeyer, and I'll be reading the roles of John Klusmeyer, Sheriff Collins, and Charles James. Hi, I'm Max Roseanne, and I'm going to be reading Willie, I'm sorry, Wilfred Watterson, Anderson Cooper, Geraldo Rivera, and Donald Trump. I'm Mark Long. I'm going to be reading The Guard at the Alabama Gates. Mark Watterson, the son of George Jr., George Hopkins Jr., <laughs> and Willie Chalfont. Manuel Rose on sound effects and Katie Fielder on sound effects. Mm -hmm. 
Good morning, America. I am Walter Cronkite, reporting from the Owens Valley. It is the early morning of November 16, 1924. It is a band of about 100 bishop, California ranchers, farmers, and shop owners travel down Highway 395 in the Owens Valley towards a major water gate in the magnificent engineering feat called the Los Angeles Aqueduct. It was finished fully 10 years before. This yellow brick road has been transporting the water of the Owens River to the thirsty new city. Now the Owens Wet Lake is well on its way to becoming the Owens Dry Lake, a source of enormous air pollution. It is one of the worst droughts in the history of the Los Angeles in this high Mojave Desert area. It's been going on since 1921, and the Los Angeles Water Department is becoming desperate. The ranchers of Bishop and Big Pine have been drying out as well. Things are looking desperate for them also. The city, as it is often called, as if there were only one metropolis in the world, has decided to slowly move its land buying program north. Their strategy is to buy up a few ranchers at a good price so they can gain control over the water in an area. Then they place pumps to lower the groundwater and force the other ranchers to sell below their fair market value. The ranchers must leave their homes forever. In some cases, lease back their lands to scratch out a living. Suicides, kidnappers and increasing tension leading to violent confrontations are in the offing. Okay, okay, put that dynamite on the wall. Careful with that fuse. Make it long enough so we can get long gone. Careful there. Do you know what you're doing? The desperate acts of the water rebels have led to the aqueduct or big ditch being dynamited on May 21st, 1924. It is just northwest of Lone Pine, a few miles below the Alabama gates. It only results in minor damage to the cement wall. It is not clear if these vandals meant it as a warning or their detonation was just not ineffective. November 16th, 1924, the taking of the Alabama gates. What sort of day is it? A day like all days, filled with those events that alter and illuminate our time. And you are there. We now go to the Inyo Register correspondent John Klusmeyer, who is on an Alabama Hill summit from which he can see all the action. John. The band of unmasked bishop and big pine ranchers and citizens have arrived at the Alabama gates. When they're opened, the gates return the water to the river and that's where it rightfully belongs, the ranchers are arguing. In the pre-dawn darkness, this caravan of cars, mostly Model Ts, have passed silently through the small towns that line the valley like jewels on a necklace. The car's curtains are drawn to make identifying who is within difficult. The men climb the hill and open the valve. Apparently, one of the group worked for the LA Water Department and knows how to do it. Okay, now, the gate's fully open, and a flow of about 290 second feet of water is going down the sluice 
and none gets into the big ditch. Gatekeepers come running up. He's ignored, pushed aside. He slaps his hips in frustration. He's walking hey. away. Hey, hey, what's going on? Leave that machinery alone. It's LA City property. Mark, is that you, Carl? to Anderson Cooper, who is with his lone guard, who has been sent packing to Lone Pine by the Freedom Fighters. Anderson, can you hear me? I hear you just fine. Hello there, Walt. How are things? Yes, I'm here with, with uh, well, 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 wait a minute. I thought we agreed no names. I don't want to see myself in the annual register made a mockery by my neighbors, or God forbid have Glasscock in the Owens Valley Herald lambast me as a valley trader. Uh, yes. Uh, sorry about that. I do like to keep my sources <laughs> secret. Then why you got me on this media thing? Well, sir, I might suggest you agreed. Oh, oh yeah, for my fee. Could you tell our listeners at home just what happened earlier this morning? It was just another dawn. The dark waters were silently moving south and a cool breeze wafted through the brush. Could you skip the poetry and just get on with it, please? Sure. Saw a bunch of ranchers and businessmen from Bishop. Carl Keel was one of them. They just come up the hill rather matter-of-factly and said politeness can be, well, I was done for the day. Whoa, wait a second, just a second, I can't leave just like that. And they said, sure, Bill, uh, just be on your way. We, we thought we'd teach these land grabbers about how things are done here in the Owens Valley. They actually referred to the Los Angeles Water Department as land thieves? <laughs> yeah, they did. That's nothing new, though. Well, go on. So I packed up my lunch pail and decided to go. We just went over to the valve and turned it and opened the water gate, and lo and behold, the water went slashing down to the riverbed. As I left, they told me, have a good day. I, I just left them in charge. Well, well, that's about all for now from here. The water is running down into the river and being wasted. Thank you, Anderson. I might say you look handsomely dressed in those fatigues, western handkerchief and black wellingtons. Please, get up to the gates and talk to the, some of the rebels. Rebels? Really, freedom fighters fighting for their water independence. We'll get back to you to hear your report. Okay. Anderson. Adios. The local Inyo Sheriff, Charles Collins, has been sighted pulling up in his official car. Leslie Stahl, are you there where you can see the sheriff getting out of his car, ready to walk up the short gravel hill? Yes, I am, Walter. I can see his face illuminated by the dawn's light as he turns and starts to struggle up towards where many of the men are waiting for him. Sheriff! Sheriff! Over here! Whose voice is that? There's no place for a woman so early in the morning with all these excited men. They're quite agitated up there, I hear. It's Leslie Stahl here. I'm with the press. A, re a reporter, you mean? Look, right now, we're trying to keep a lid on this. I don't want any inflammatory reporting going on that's going to make stuff worse. No, sir. I'm just here to ascertain the facts. Well, the facts are some local hooligans are up to no good. They're doing it in the name of saving their homes and ranches, too. These are tense times up here, the valley people against the city people. We've already had bombings and threats and even a kidnapping. Sir... As we uh, scramble up the hill, can you uh, tell me something about the kidnapping? Well, you should talk to L.C. Hall over there yourself. You see, 
Not everyone in this valley is in agreement with these people up here for taking the law in their own hands. Uh, he, George Watterson, Bill Simons, have been siding with Los Angeles because they feel that'd be the best for the future of the valley and, and themselves. You see, the, the Ku Klux Klan has been organizing throughout our fine county. During last summer, more than a year ago, an organizer was brought up to form his own band of Klansmen. An inner group of this here faction took as its main mission to fight the Los Angeles Water Board and the representatives who they've sent up here. Come on, lady, let me catch my breath. You're saying that the Ku Klux Klan is behind some of the threatened violence here in the Owens Valley? That's exactly what I'm saying. There were meetings at night in open fields where the cars were put in a circle, pointing outwards, their headlights blazing so nobody could approach unnoticed. They went to see Watterson, Hall, and Simons and threatened them, telling them to get out of town. And what did they do? Well, they said, hell no. Then our boys Watterson, Hall, and Simons got gun permits and carried guns for protection. Bill Simons and McNally Ditch, the one the city guys gained control of, he carried a double-barreled shotgun whenever he drove his horses to town. Well, Watterson kept being threatened, and his son, Alfred, a big bull of a lad, got tough, confronted George's nephew, Mark Watterson, in front of the Bishop Bank and threatened him. If anything happens to my father, I'll hold you personally accountable. You know, it's Mark that led this group of troublemakers this morning to take things in their own hands. It's on the verge of war here. After Hall was kidnapped and nearly killed, things intensified, and about 40 people got together and blew up an aqueduct wall just a few miles from here. Now, now what'd you say your name was? Stahl, Leslie Stahl. Well, Miss Stahl, you better be very careful. I guess you're gonna follow me the rest of the way up here, but I can't guarantee your safety. Sheriff Collins, these are just farmers, ranchers and store owners from Bishop, not anarchists. Ah, have it your way, but I think we need the state militia. I'm gonna talk with District Attorney Hessen, and we're gonna get the governor to send some serious help. Sometimes help is the opposite of help. That kind of help escalates to real violence, these people are defending their homes. Lady, please. Walter, I can see the sheriff coming up to a group of silent men standing before the gates looking down at him. Hey, Fatso. Hey, big boy cop. What you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> a few are jeering and calling him Fatso, but by and large, they're politely silent. I don't know what Collins is going to do. Here, let me get closer so we can hear. Mr. Watterson. Mr. Keogh, I'm here representing law and order in our county, and I'm telling you and your fellow lawbreakers to immediately shut the gates and disperse back to your homes. If not, I'll be forced to list you all and have Judge Day issue warrants for trespassing, vandalism, whatever else he deems appropriate. Sheriff, we're here to protest the illegal destruction of our homes, our livelihoods, grazing pastures, planted fields. It's all by the deprivation of our water and water rights by Los Angeles municipality. Hey, as a banker and one who op operates by the law and policy with your brother Wilford, you know you're breaking the law. You're going to leave me no recourse but to start a list for the judge. Here, I got paper and pencil and I'm starting to write. Mark Watterson. Carl Keogh, 
Sam Peterson. There's Cashbaugh. Skinner. Hey, Sheriff, put my name down, too. And my name. Hey, Chuck, don't forget me. Hey, Sheriff, sure to get me there on that list. Don't want to be left out of the lockup. <laughs> okay, guys, that's, that's enough. Sheriff Collins, we're just not leaving until we make our point. Everyone around the world will have heard of California's little civil war before we're done. Yeah, you got you. Okay, boys, have it your way. But when Governor Richardson sends the state militia, things will be different. We're not afraid of them, city boys. Ha, they'll take one look and hightail it back to Sacramento. Leslie, I understand Geraldo Rivera has been able to locate L.C. Hall at his home in Bishop. We take you now to Bishop, California, and our correspondent there, Geraldo Rivera. Geraldo! Hey, hey, Paul, how do I look? My, my hair okay? My, my makeup good? Geraldo. You look great, but remember, this is radio, Geraldo. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Thanks for the vote of confidence, Walt. You've always been one of my heroes. Shaped my career on your fine journalistic work as an example. That's very kind, Geraldo. Geraldo, Walter, Geraldo. My fans demand it. <clears throat> I'm here in Bishop with Elsie Hall, whom I caught as he walked out to get his annual register this morning. Good morning. Uh, you said you want to talk to me. Yes, I've read every issue of the Register to see what old Shalfon had to say. Enjoyed when he was going on about me and my friend Simon Zawardison. To him we are the devils incarnate, but we were just fighting to save the valley while his buddies were slowly taking it down by their lawlessness and violence. Sir, did you know about 100 men stormed the Alabama gates this morning north of Lone Pine and opened the gates and let the water cascade down to the river? Hmm. Not surprised. There are a lot of increasingly violent hotheads in that group. They were threatening my friends and me until we had to carry weapons. The sheriff kept asking us to move because he couldn't guarantee our safety. Oh, I told him this is a free country and I get to think and say what I want. It's some of my neighbours here in Bishop who are the outlaws. I've got the scars to prove it. Of course, that was before they kidnapped and threatened to hang me. Uh, Mr. Hall, I've been sent here to interview you about your kidnapping. Yeah, basically a vigilante group of cowards. A few of the clan members mixed in. I think they're a secretive bunch. Can you tell us what happened and what precipitated it? Well, as an attorney, I told him we had stopped the Waterson brothers' takeover of the water. He had cut off the left arm of the irrigation district, but many of the locals felt betrayed and started to call us traitors of this country. The inflammatory prose of stupid, short-sighted Harry Glassock in the Owens Valley Herald was responsible for what was happening to me. So, what happened to you? Get to your story. Can you make it short and to the point? So on this August 27th, uh, past a few idiots decided it was to time to fulfill their threats, and I was their chosen victim. I glanced Mark Watson pacing back and forth across from the street, watching all of this as it happened. I swear he had an evil grin on his face. Three or four of the men came into the restaurant where I was eating at the counter. You sure that Watterson, a banker and town leader, watched? Yeah, sure. They grabbed the gun from my belt while everyone else watched in total agreement. They hustled me out of the back door. <laughs> they threw me into a car. Then three other cars joined us. Packed with these kidnappers, we raced south from Bishop. One guy had a grip on my neck, cutting off my circulation. And soon I was swooning, ready to give up the ghost. 
They all started to smirk and talk about me as a traitor and how they were going to hang me. It, it was like this nightmare with neighbours now demented with hatred and bloodlust. Several times they dragged me out of the car and took the opportunity, I took the opportunity to argue my case or try to my day's state, but I said, I'm 52 years old and I've done nothing to be ashamed of. You're allowing your prejudice to drive you to commit a crime you'll have on your consciousness for the rest of your lives. Ah! Ah! Then at one point we stopped and there was one of those old gnarled cottonwoods and they brought out a rope. I screamed bitterly, give my regards to the Watersons. They're the ones behind this. Then I remember the secret Masonic sign of distress. That seemed to forestall my execution. There were many conferences, and then I was taken to Big Pine and released to George Warren. I had lived in the valley for almost 20 years, but I set up a law practice in Southern California, then lived in Glendale, semi-retired. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought you said you lived here. I did, but I sold my house to a friend who let me stay, and my wife come back and visit whenever. Hmm. Quite a story, Hall. Quite a story. Okay, back to you, Walter. We have just gotten word that we have Chet Huntley with gestation, Inyo County District Attorney. Chet! Thank you, Walter. Chet Huntley here. Things are getting rather tense as Inyo County DA Jess Hessian is about to make a statement, reading from something he has prepared. Uh, Mr. Hessian, over here. Chet Hutley, NBC News. I understand you are about to make a statement to the people here, probably many of whom you know. Yes, I am, Chet. This is certainly a remarkable day, and I hope my words will be preserved for future historians. Well, you are a man determined to have a legacy. Well, sir, I'm not concerned about my own legacy, but to show once and for all that we of Inyo County are really law-abiding citizens who will take proper legal action rather than rely on mob rule. Our cameras and microphones are ready, sir. Here, sir. Here. Hey. And I want to make certain the correspondent from the Inyo Register is here. Sir, Glasscock is up on a hill. I am thoroughly convinced in the light of the last few days' development that unless state troops intervene in the Owens Valley water controversy, there will be an amazing loss of life and destruction of property. Today, I'm told 50 men and women are in readiness and heavily armed and prepared to come to the defense of the now unarmed besiegers of the Alabama gates. Yep, I think that's just about right. That you, Fred, said that? Or a grocer from Bishop? What do you know about revolution and insurrection, sir? Uh, so you propose bringing in the state troopers to quell the anger and what appears to be nonviolent protests that have... So is there a question, sir? Let me assume for a minute there is. Yes, that's quite right. To keep peace, which I'm not certain that our friend and Sheriff Collins will be able to do now, the governor should take a hand. Whoa, whoa, just wait a minute there, Huntley. Who is that talking? It's your old buddy, Donald Trump, my friend, and I'm standing on Main Street at Lone Pine, and I want to just jump in here. I love this little town, and I think they would love me too if they got my TV show. Sir, uh, just please back off. Go back to the hole you crawled out of. This is my interview. Interview? Ha! That's not interviewing. It's speechifying. And I would support your right to handle it, however, but you're a calming sympathizer. You put your own spin onto the question, you screaming pink liberal. Pull the plug on that big fat asshole. Leave it to you Try leftist that. television journalists. Anyway, Huntley, what are you doing on a CBS program? 
Ha, oh, of course. I know who wrote this story, and we'll get to that later in the... Who was that guy? Worked for the LA Daily Times or something? I can have it any way I want. I am the DA, and I get to manage the news. At least this news, any way I want. Anyway, the winners write history, and I intend to win. Thank you, sir. We are now going to Walter Crumpkite. I have Nancy Grace here, who is up on the Alabama gates. She is with a father and son, George Hawkins Sr. and Jr. from North Bishop, Nancy. Thank you so much, Walter. I am reminded always of the human side of stories like this. We have here George Hopkins, both senior and junior. First, the father. I know you are a rancher out of the north end of Bishop near Round Valley. Can you talk about why you are here? Uh, yes, uh, first I am here to support my neighbors and the other ranchers in the valley. Originally, when the big ditch opened, we thought there would be water for Los Angeles and enough left over for us. Well, that was when we were told, at least by Mulholland and his boys. Then they started to run short, first because of a drought, and then because instead of using the water for drinking and domestic, they started to supply water to developers, including themselves in the San Fernando Valley. As the need grew, they kept coming back for more. Originally, much of the land they were buying was in the south, and then they started to move up the valley. Now, I've heard that there were some pretty underhanded shenanigans with the city folks. Sure was. In August of last year, W.B. Matthews and H.A. Van Norman came up to have a meeting with us. Wilford Watterson had negotiated it down in L.A., and the division of Owens River Water didn't sit well with us when the true terms were revealed. Pine, Lone Pine, Big Pine rancher George Warren challenged the agreement, asking why should the irrigation district give away a third of its water, and soon the negotiations collapsed. Dad just says that if we can't have the water that's ours, we'll probably have to sell and move away that where we've lived for two generations, our home will be taken and we'll have to leave the area. Gracious, is your son right, Mr. Hopkins? I must tell you this story of rancher Harold Walline. He has become a symbol of just how serious, dangerous really our situation is here. The city is destroying our souls in any hope we might have. At 10 in the morning on July 9, 1924, Walline ceased tilling his field. He returned home and left again, carrying a 30-30 rifle. Nearly seven hours later, Walline was found 400 feet away from his home, lying in a cluster of bushes, bullet through his head. But people didn't see it as a suicide. They saw it as a cold-blooded murder by the L.A. Water Department. The story spread through the newspapers. It was this terrible stress and sense of defeat and helplessness that temporarily deranged his mind. He was overheard explaining to his father-in-law he saw no hope for the future. Now, my son is headstrong, but basically, that's correct. He is sweet on a girl from Big Pine named Emily Billingsley, and that is what he is most concerned about, not the legal and fairness issues being contested in the water wars. Is that right, George? I love Emily, and if we have to sell and leave the area, 
How will we ever stay together until after high school so we can get married? Son, if it was true love, love has a way of finding its own way. But instead of Big Pine and the Valley Ranchers winning, Los Angeles just upped their game and got Big Pine owners to agree to selling 4,400 acres of their land for over $1 million, making some of them rich men. Of course, they had no land, so they left. Hey, George Jr., how's it going? Glad to see you here with your dad. Not so sure, Mr. Watterson. I heard my girl's on her way with her mother to help feed and take care of her father there. I hope it doesn't get any more dangerous. I can handle the situation by myself, but protecting Emily, I don't know. Nancy, I hate to interrupt you, interrupt you, but we have a breaking story from L.A. We have Deb Murphy in L.A. with the District Attorney of L.A., Asa Keys. Come in, Deb. Deb, are you there? Yes, Walter, thank you. I'm standing here with Los Angeles District Attorney Asa Keys. You have long been a critic of the motivations and illegal actions of the residents of the Owens Valley. When the bombing took place, you were outspoken. Yes, I was, and I still have strong feelings about what was going on. I still think it was troublemakers and valley dissidents working for private interests opposed to their municipal ownership. But the published reports afterwards said most of the bombers were from the Bishop area. Yes, I know, and a few recruited from Big Pine and the Rim of the Desert, and they were motivated by a series of self-protection. They said it is believed that this action was directly traceable to the number of suits filed by Los Angeles against the ranchers and landowners in Owens Valley to once and for all settle water rights. Excuse me, D.A. Keys. We're now going to Rachel Maddow in Independence, who has Inyo D.A. Hessian to answer a few questions. This is Rachel Maddow. Inyo District Attorney Hessian, let me follow up. You've been accused of being on the side of the rebels here in Owens Valley. Can you explain your position now? Before I was elected D.A. here, I was a lawyer fighting on behalf of the citizens and ranchers against some of the frivolous lawsuits filed by Los Angeles against the ranchers. Yes, and I receive fees for this work, but now I represent everyone. I feel strongly that in this case, the threat of violence and thus danger to the folks who elected me, as well as the city's concerns, requires me to request state militia from Governor Richardson. And have you heard back from him? No, I haven't, but before things escalate, I need to do something more drastic, so I am having myself transported by speed to Mojave. Then I will catch a train to Sacramento and speak to friend Richardson himself. Maybe he will live up to his first name and be a friend. Thank you, D.A. Hessian. We take you up to the Alabama gates where Nancy Grace has many of the two families to speak with. Take it away, Nancy. Hmm, I like the way that sounds. Thank you so much, Rachel. I have George Hopkins, Jr. and Sarah and Emily Billingsley, who have just arrived to bring food to their husband and father. Mrs. Billingsley, can you describe your feelings right now? I look around and I see friends and neighbors starting to gather here. There's a kind of upbeat feeling, even though this is about a very serious matter. It's almost like a community picnic, a water picnic, if you will. The women here are here to support their husbands and help fight L.A. 
We're desperate, really. Our ranch by Big Pine has very little water left. The city has been drilling wells and on land next door, which they now own, and that is undermining our groundwater and diverting creeks above us. They are determined to force us to leave, sell at a price way below market value, and leave. Mom, we can't leave. I love George. We've already decided to marry and spend our lives ranching in Round Valley. We love each other, don't we, George? Of course we do. And if our families have to sell and leave the land, I don't know what will happen. Okay, let's take one thing at a time. I need to go find your father and begin to set up camp. Emily, you stay with George here and talk to the nice lady if you want. Mrs. Billingsley has now set out to find her husband, and George and Emily have embraced like long-lost loves. Let me talk to you about your feelings right now. Well, I love Emily so much. We, we met at a teen retreat with our two churches, and as soon as I saw her, it was well... It was love at first sight for both of us, huh, George? We just, we just seemed to be totally together with our thoughts and feelings. I never thought I could feel this way. Well, now, I hate to bring this up, but you both are pretty young still. You sound like my mother. I think that's a compliment, right? So how does it feel to be up here, you two working together towards a brighter future and helping your moms and dads fight for your homes and for the Owens Valley? It feels like we're being treated like adults for the first time. Always seemed like I had chores and worked like an adult at the ranch, but... Never the respect that goes with responsibility. It feels great to be standing here side by side with Mark Watterson and Carl Keogh and Glasscock and all the rest here. I think our love will carry us through the challenges. Well, I do admire your optimism and wonderful idealism. I personally have found love to be a challenge, but worth the work. You two look so perfect together. When this is over, I'll try to find you and interview you again about what you've learned. Correspondence Leslie Stahl here. The sun has set up here on the hill by the Alabama gates. A glow still lingers to the west, gently outlining the Sierra Crest. Campfires are flickering, and Otis M. Wiles from the LA Times has gotten up to read the dispatch he is sending to his paper. He has a strong, powerful voice, as well as an evocative style. Newspaper people are starting to get water fever here. Many are starting to see the Owens Valley's rancher side. There is an unnatural silence, as the 700 or so members of Owens Valley families wonder what tomorrow holds. Will there be violence? Will the governor send the troops? I wonder if any of the fathers and mothers are having second thoughts. Time will tell. <laughs> Yeah, now it's time for station break. You're listening to You Are There, The Water Picnic by Lone Pine's very own Chris Langley on 89.9 FM and IOURadio.org on the big interwebs. We're broadcasting tonight live from Double L Saloon in Lone Pine, California. So, you know, we know old Nancy Grace is a bit of a drama queen. Don't mean to interrupt here. But, uh, you know, I didn't expect our buddies, our guys, up at the gates to be so amped up. They're actually kind of grumpy up there. 
little little surly for being on a picnic. Uh, just if I can, can editorialize, not sure what's a show, if it's just drama, they're just putting something on. But we've got to remember this is Inyo County, a famously unsatisfied group of folks. We complain if we even got hung with a new rope. So we'll go with that. Now, we we gotta get into some I'll get out of this. We gotta get into some community news and notes and some advertisements so we can keep the lights on here. Our first sponsor earned the top spot on the show because they gave me free samples. Media ethics at work here, folks. I can't be bought, but I can be rented for a reasonable fee. <laughs> Our new sponsor tonight is Coso Volcanic Mineral Water, bottled at the source, Coso Hot Springs. As the label says, none genuine without red sediment. Shake well. Let's see. Uh, yuck. Looks like shake a leg to the toilet drinking that stuff. Wait, wait. That's actually one of its curative powers, relieves constipation. Good work, guys. Our partner in organic healing up in Coso is the Coso Hot Springs Volcanic Mud. Beautifies the entire body, plugs the pores, arouses the circulation. Mm-hmm. Mother Earth's remedy from nature's great laboratory. So, Coso Mud and Water was bottled and sold about the time of the water picnic. So, today, Crystal Geyser also bottles at the source. And if I can mention it, this is the best way to sell water to city folks. A dollar a bottle. <laughs> now, on the home front, we need to give a shout out to our local couple that recently got covered in organic dust. And let's have it for Dean and Bev Vanderwall back after successfully surviving their first Burning Man. It only took a three-hour bath to get all the black rock dust out of all their nooks and crannies. But <laughs> they're, they're happily back home with a little wrinkle. Uh, you know, they're going to retire soon. Not sure how they're going to top Burning Man. Maybe spring them a jig in Darwin? <laughs> Which I think is a tougher ticket than Burning Man. To, to. <clears throat> now our next sponsor is Dr. Squeakin' and Creakin' Valve Salve. Say that twice, please. That's right, just a drop or a drip or a drab cleans up rust and mold and mildew and can loosen too tight bolts, screws, and valves like a gate valve. Hint, like the Alabama gate valve. Hint, hint. We're trying to do product placement here, group. you got to play along. Uh, wait a minute, I got a phone call. Um, yeah, okay, yeah, I hear it, yeah, okay, yeah. Right, sure, yes, I, yeah, no, I hear it. No, 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 relax, relax, okay. I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it. Uh, okay, well, that, that guy was wound up tighter than eight-day clock. Here's the gist of his little commentary. And I'll leave out the cuss words and the spitting. His question was, didn't that aqueduct run for a decade for the picnic? Yeah. And the Bishop boys didn't notice? No. They didn't care until their water got channeled away. Why? The North Enders think Independence and Lone Pine aren't at the end of the world, but you can sure walk there from there. <laughs> okay. Now, we, we have a public service announcement from the Lone Pine Elks Lodge. It seems a couple folks left behind some Halloween costumes, or parts of Halloween costumes, after Fright Night. So if you're missing a witch's hat, lots of prospects here in town, right? Or Bozo the Clown Nose, which probably fits half the men in town. Or, uh, let me get this right, a set of fuzzy handcuffs 
attached to a silk dog collar wrapped around a little satin whip. Wow, kind of like to see that coming up the driveway. Uh, uh, of course, not on Leroy. Uh, okay, uh, you know, if these are your items, as it were, call, call them or drop by the Elks. They, they're holding them, so, sort of. Uh, now, finally, we've got an alert from Nate Reed, our Inyo County Ag Commissioner and Emergency Services guy. He wants to remind everyone El Nino is on the way. It's too big to fail, just like the Watterson Brothers Banks, right? Yeah. So, relax out there and quit sacrificing goats on the altar of the snow god. There are only about 10 goats left in the whole county, and it worked. So just leave the goats alone, okay? Thank you. That's one of our surviving goats. A happy goat, after that. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. We, we got an update on the uh, on, on the Elks Club. Uh, please cancel the lost and found on the handcuffs, collar, and whip in the lodge. Apparently, the assistant manager and a friend rent the lodge out after hours to work through their Fifty Shades of Grey, and those are just number 37. So, uh, we'll, we'll just leave that alone from there. Now, Back to our worldwide premiere of The Water Picnic by esteemed Mr. Chris Langley, who's in the studio right over here. Easy to spot, little glare coming off his bald little head. So, hey, he's dealt with fifth graders. He can handle it. <laughs> and, and, you know, they kind of say something about Chris. Doesn't he look like the little emoji dude? Little round head, glasses, little, little thing going on. I think he does. So if you see him, you know, pat him on the head. You're listening to, to 89.9 IOURadio.org at the double L bar in Lone Pine, California. Now back to the world premiere of The Water Picnic. Take it away, Walt. This is Walter Cronkite, back with you from the Owen Valley. During Tuesday, nearly two days after the takeover of the gates and their opening, things are tense. Yet, there is a feeling of fest festival up on the hill by the wheelhouse. Wilford Watterson is down with the L.A. bankers at the Los Angeles Clearinghouse Association in the city, attempting to negotiate some kind of acceptable agreement. It is clear the men, women, and children will not leave until they have accepted an agreement with Los Angeles that guarantees the ranchers the water they need. In the meantime, the Federation of Women's Clubs of the Owen Valley have launched a letter-writing campaign. To add to the gaiety and incongruity of the situation, you should arrive at the Alabama Gates but Hollywood cowboy hero Tom Mix bringing his mariachi orchestra. <laughs> the many of his cast and crew of this feature film, The Riders of the Purple Sage, the place is full of Los Angeles news personalities. Slowly, public opinion around the world has started to swing to the sympathy with this little place 
with water as the true facts of the situation become known. The people of the Sierra Nevada, who started a rebellion against their growing thirsty city, are being seen as having a just cause. Many writers fall back on the David and Goliath analogy, and now people are siding with David. This is Rachel Meadow. I'm here with Sheriff Collins. Sheriff, Sheriff, I hear that friend Richardson is not going to send any state troopers to maintain order. Uh, not, not from the telegrams he sent me. I hope he knows the dangers he's placed his constituents in up here. Not many votes here, but still. Can you explain? Well, first let me tell you that Judge Day issued the restraining orders, which I went to serve on nearly 75 men. They threw the papers in my Russian water, and one said, No, Sheriff, we won't leave here till the state troops come and pull us out. We haven't been treated right, and we're going to stick until we let the state and the country know the facts. And then, to show they don't feel any ill will towards me, a couple of them picked me up, all dignified and in uniform I was, and uh, carried me to my car. Uh, they're really good old boys, and some of them have been my best friends for years, and... You know, we had great barbecue last night. Well, can you tell me what the government, the governor telegram gave you, or came back to you with? Uh, yeah. Well, well, first he answered me, Convent the party will disperse and the bloodshed will be averted. Then he sent, you have abundant power to control the situation. Do your duty bravely, and in the end, you will receive a commendation. Well, I didn't want a commendation. So I sent back, please send them forthwith. And he answered, I hope you will do your job fearlessly. People elect sheriffs to stand up and prove their courage. He did agree to send an investigator, some guy named McClure. Great, I thought. Doing my duty fearlessly won't get me through the next election. Not much help then. Not from the governor, at least. Walter, this is Nancy Grace back again. I am with a teacher from Lone Pine who has some fascinating insights into William Mulholland's personality. Please tell our audience what you told me. Well, after my run-in with him one day, I did a bit more research about the man. Many people in Los Angeles really look up to him as a hero. Here in the Owens Valley, he is the most hated man you can imagine. I found out that his... I found that from his detractors, he had some human weaknesses. I have heard stories from both men and women about how he drinks, smokes, and has a habit of telling obscene stories outside the ears of women. Well, it sounds like some other powerful men I have met in my day. People have heard him verbally abuse his children and close associates. He had little patience with young children. One time, I had a group of children down at Havery Reservoir. There was a flock of geese swimming in the reservoir, and I go to the children and to Badger and Mulholland over what could be done. So Mulholland growled, well, God damn it, I suppose he could catch them all and put them in diapers, put diapers on them. Now I, now I agree I forced this issue, but I think this man has feet of clay. Nancy Grace, you keep seeking out the human story of those up on the hill. 
People report there are as many as 700 now staying there. Well, that's right, Walter. I have tracked down our young lovers, George and Emily, again. I found them behind some walls in the wheelhouse here away from everyone. Oh, Miss Grace, here you are. <laughs> Emily and I are just trying to figure out more about our lives. I mean, should our families be forced to leave the valley? How will we manage? We, we could end up separated by hundreds of miles. George, we'll just have to wait, write letters, and when the time is right and we have our parents' permission, we'll get back together, marry and pursue our dreams. If not here in the Owens Valley, then somewhere else where there's no Mulholland, no big city that doesn't care about anything but themselves. Oh, that's so sweet. How are your dads doing and your mom? Well, my dad's a very determined man. He'll wait and fight until there's no hope. Right now, Wilfred Watterson is down in L.A. working on a deal through the Clearinghouse Association. Mark thinks things are going along just swell. And my mom is the most positive, upbeat person. She will never be defeated by Mulholland, that horrible man, the city water department, or the weather. Well, now, I just got word that our local correspondent, Charles James, is with Mulholland himself. Their conversation is already in progress as we join them, and the old man has taken a bath. A, a bath? I'm of a very determined man, self-taught, really. I believe the only feasible way to study mankind is reading good books written by men who are masters of their art. I've based my career my success dealing with people on the knowledge I have gotten from my disciplined choice of reading, mostly the classics. And, uh, Mr. Mulholland, we, we've talked a few times, and you've been up in the Owens Valley. Um, what, what do you feel about these men and their families, uh, you know, the ones who shut off uh, the, the water to the aqueduct? They're probably anarchists or wobblies are part of the Red Troublemakers. Uh, sir, sir, if I may, uh, I'd like to read from the, the LA, LA Daily Times editorial page. Um, you know, uh, uh, it seems the, uh, the rebels uh, there in the Owens Valley are, are, are winning, winning the battle for, for popular opinion. So, uh, quote, it, it is to be remembered that these farmers are not anarchists or bomb throwers been the main honest, earnest, hard-working American citizens who look upon Los Angeles as an octopus about to strangle out their lives. They put themselves hopelessly in the wrong by taking the law in their own hands, but that's not to say there has not been a measure of justice on their side of the argument. There must be no civil war in California. Hogwash! That's not about hogwash! It's nothing but there's a bunch of lawless mobs seizing government property for publicity. They must be driven out and crushed. And I have been sitting here composing my formal statement. I'll read my answer to the press. Interference with a public utility is a serious matter of greater importance than interference with the United States mail. <laughs> Come. Give me my rubber duck and give me a drink, Buford. Well, 
Uh, sir, I don't think it can be any clearer than that. We have word that it looks like there has been a break. Mark Watterson is about to read a telegram from his brother, Wilford, who is down in Los Angeles trying to sculpt an agreement. Our correspondent, Chet Huntley, has come on duty up on the hill. Come in, Chet. Yes, thank you, Walter. Mark Watterson is about to read a telegram he received just an hour ago. It is dark, and he is using the flame of a campfire to read it. Hope that windbag Trump is not around to interfere this time. This just in from my brother in Los Angeles. If the object of the crowd at the spillway is to bring the wrongs to the attention of the citizens of Los Angeles, they have done so 100%. And further defiance of the law will injure the valley cause beyond all possibility of remedy. The press and the minds of the people here will be open from now on, and I feel sure that the wrongs done will be remedied. The hands of the businessmen here are tied so far as helping us clear matters in the face of an unlawful situation. I therefore earnestly plead for everyone having influence with the people there to get them to return to their homes today. There's, there's more, there's more. I have assurance that strong influence here will be brought to bear on the situation to see that justice is done. Harry, does that mean we can go home now? Yes, sweetie, I think it does. Uh, Chef Huntley here. We believe that Mr. Watterson is rushing to be on site with the simple proposal that has the support of the bankers at the Los Angeles Clearinghouse to do everything in their power to bring a final solution to this terrible period of history here in this most beautiful land. Oh no, here's the big gas bag himself. What's up with that hair? Yeah, so. I guess the rebellion is over. This these weaklings knuckle under and sell out to the men from L.A. who actually work for a living. You know, I have just about heard enough from you. Now, for the first real violence in this rebellion, here you go. No. No, no. You're not going to really push me down that hill. No, I'm not. I'm not afraid. I'm not, no, there goes my hair's getting mussed up. My hair's... Oh, there goes my gold wristwatch. Ah, no. Now take it away, Willie Chalfont, the editor of the Inuit Register. Thanks, Chip. I'm out at Keeler, and uh, Wilfred Watterson has arrived from Los Angeles. And he's in a private meeting at the firehouse with about 10 community leaders from the valley. Many had to come down off the hill to hear what he had to say. It's 1.30 a.m. in the morning, and hopefully the meeting is nearing an end. They spent most of the night talking about the news Watterson brought and what their next moves will be. Here comes Watterson now. <clears throat> it looks like we have reached an agreement and a response to the promises I bring from the Los Angeles Clearinghouse Association. Mind you, this group is made up of businessmen, bankers, and the powerful, the movers and shakers of that city. What have you been telling the men here? Well, sir, I explained to them the details I bring and the promises in writing these men have made. I was asked to attend a meeting of that powerful group, and after careful consideration of the matter, 
This August group had agreed to use its best endeavors to bring about an equitable settlement of the matter, provided the men in control of the Los Angeles water supply would turn it back on. I'm of the opinion our wrongs would be righted if the water is turned back. The people here must be given a square deal. I need to get to the hill and let the men there decide for themselves. Now, excuse me, got to go on. Uh, here's here's Larry Blaskoff, my, my competitor at the Owens Valley Herald. Uh, Harry, what do you think? Well, Willie, you'll get to read all about it in next week's issue of the Herald on Wednesday. As always, Harry, you tell it like it is, or at least as you feel it is, now to get to the facts. Thanks, Willie. I'll see you up on the hill. Walter, this is Nancy here. I'm up on the hill. It's about 2.30 in the morning, and the men have come to an agreement to close the gates. The rebellion is over, or at least moving on to another stage. Slowly, the cascading water and its roar down to the river is subsiding. Now it is silent, and in the darkness, the men stand around. I think there are plans to afoot to have a big barbecue picnic to thank the men and their families who stood their ground here against Los Angeles. <laughs> Correspondents are here and breaking with the neutrality that professional journalism dictates. They're whooping it up with the Owens Valley Rebels. It's a raucous scene. The cars have been coming in all day from all parts of the county, and there's almost a traffic jam in both directions from the hill. There must be nearly 1,500 people here at the hill and lots of delicious food. Everyone is celebrating as if it were the 4th of July and Thanksgiving all rolled into one. And maybe it is, but people have come to thank the stalwart group for their stay, coming to thank the ones who endured the discomfort and tension for these four days. Wilfred and Mark Watterson have just walked by. Men, Wilfred and Mark, you are the heroes of the moment. The real heroes. <coughs> Are the men who ranch and farm and have their businesses and have sacrificed their comfort and time and risked being arrested to stand up against the city. Now, they've closed the gates and now the ball is in the enemy's court. My brother was down there in Satan's den dealing for the very best results for his friends and neighbors. And it's not without sacrifice to our banking business. If we get a good final settlement, then it will be good for the bank. 
We will have a proposal to give to Mulholland and the Water Board in a few days. Well, you've certainly made a great duo. Wilfred down there working on plans, policies, and personalities of the rich and powerful, while your brother's been up here keeping the home fires burning, and more importantly, keeping the spirits and courage of the men up. I thank you, Nancy. You've been great as well. But right now, we belong with our people, celebrating our victory and looking towards a promising and prosperous future for our valley. Hey, everyone. Geraldo here. I have Sheriff Collins by my side to make a few comments. Uh, sir, sir, what are your thoughts? Well, well, you know, neither D.A. Hessen or I get the governor to send the militia. But we've gotten through these tense times okay. Best we did was getting Governor Richardson to send old state engineer W.F. McClure here to investigate, and he's going to prepare an official report. See that guy in the suit with his tie loosened, his vest undone, that large beef rib in his hand uh, chewing on it? That's him. So far, all he's done is join us here and enjoy some fine Owen Valley barbecue. <laughs> well, I wonder if that'll influence his final report, huh? Anyway, D.A. Hassan and I discussed it in the day's meeting with the governor and asked him to force or at least support the boys from the L.A. Clearinghouse to do what they promised and help us get a final solution to end all this trouble. Hey, amazing. I hadn't heard that. You know, I live here. My heart's always been with the boys up here defending the homeland, but I also had to try to enforce the law. Come on, Geraldo. Let's let business go and get some of that barbecue and beer. Hey, that sounds real good. Two of my favorites up here on the hill. Here they come. Our own Romeo and Juliet holding hands, looking around them with enormous relief and love and confidence in their eyes. Nancy, remember how those two lovers ended up dead, partially killed by their love and their feuding families. Oh. We read a lot of Shakespeare here in our English class at Bishop High School. Come on, Emily, lighten up. Things look really good. Our parents won't have to sell out. There'll be water enough for everyone. And when we marry and have our own ranch, Los Angeles will still be here, and, but we'll be living with peace and a policy of live and let live. Let's hope so. It's what I want more than anything else in life, living my life with you, hard work, the kids, and the whole wonderful disaster. Come on, let's go find your mom. I know she's putting out some fine vegetables somewhere on one of those lines. You take care now, you kids, and good luck to you. Goodbye, Miss Grace. Grace. Good, good luck, luck to, to you, you too. too. <laughs> Yay. 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 By nightfall, all the festivities were over and the cars had left except for those of the original men who took control of the gates. They promised to leave it better than they found it. 
This cleanup of 1,500 people was underway by the remaining floodlights. I must my loyal correspondents continue with the story. Anderson. Oh, thank you very much, Walter. That would be about the only thing that would be better than when they found it. Los Angeles banker J.A. Graves had proposed the formation of a mediation panel of three state judges to resolve the claims of Owens Valley property owners and business owners. That never happened. Reparations would never be offered by Los Angeles. The request by some to buy out everyone in the valley at a fair market price also never happened. Although the city continued to buy property until it owned more than 240,000 acres on the valley floor, making Owens Valley a colony of the city, according to a large majority of the residents. Court cases, recriminations, and several years of bombings of the aqueduct continued. This is Nancy Grace. Without a reliable solution to the water problems, both the Billingsleys and the Hopkins sell out. The Billingsleys move up to the Willamette Valley in Oregon, and the Hopkins end up ranching near San Luis Obispo near the California Central Coast. In fact, fully 25% of the valley's permanent settlers sell out and leave. Although Emily and George tried to stay in contact, young love and dreams are so fragile. Emily marries happily, but dies in childbirth with her first baby, a son. Her husband is not remarried, but he and their son, George, still work the ranch together. As yet, George Hopkins is not married. After his father died in a motor car accident, his life is consumed with keeping the family solvent and together. This is Leslie Skull reporting. William Mulholland went on to build his St. Francis Dam to create one of the needed reservoirs for storing water. At two and one half minutes before midnight on March 12, 1928, the dam catastrophically failed, sending a wall of water all the way through the coastal land to the Pacific Ocean. Because the bodies were even recovered off San Diego, the exact death toll was never determined, but now researchers feel it is in the vicinity of 600. Mulholland was crushed and dis dishonored. The man took full responsibility and resigned. Already elderly, many feel it finally killed him. Although other defenders say it was not the dam's failure, but too much hard work and stress bringing the water to Los Angeles that killed the man. Called a beast is still hated. One of the most beautiful valleys in the world. This is Rachel Meadow. Things did not go well for the Watterson brothers as well. On August 4th, 1927, their banks were closed and a sign reading, we find it necessary to close our banks in the Owens Valley. This results have been brought about by the past four years of destructive work carried on by the city of Los Angeles. The inheritances, bonds, fortunes, meager savings, and recent land sales had simply evaporated like the rare morning dew in the desert sun of the valley itself. On uh, August 10th, they were given a week to return the, the money, and they failed. So the charges were brought against them, and they were arrested. They were charged with 34 counts of embezzlement and two counts of grand theft. This is Chet Huntley. While at first the Valley folks clung to the brothers' innocence, they finally had to accept the, their guilt. Lifelong Watterson friend Jess Hessian had to try them. They were found guilty and sentenced to prison at San Quentin. This left most of the Valley defenseless, selling their ranches to LA, then leasing them back. Hey everyone, Geraldo Rivera back again. 
Of everyone, Harry Glasscock felt personally betrayed. He disappeared, surfacing in Arizona, looking for a newspaper job after the Owens Valley and Los Angeles conflict. When asked about working at this paper, he is quoted as saying, absolutely, that fight has left me homeless, divorced, and destitute. I want to let the people of Arizona know what's in store for them if the avariciousness of Los Angeles isn't stopped right now. November 16th, 1924. The taking of the Alabama gates. What sort of day was it? A day, like all days, filled with those events that alter and illuminate our times. All things are as they were then, except you are there. Everybody knows. 